Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Well, peace be unto you all. I thank God for the, for last night. I thank Him for always being with us. I thank Him for everything He does for us. God has been so amazing. We're, today we're going to be talking about your hour. The word hour is a very important, important word. And a lot of times the Bible said that this happened on a certain hour or it was about the ninth hour. And it says that it was not my hour for me to start doing miracles. Jesus said that. So the word hour is a very important word. And sometimes we all have to face that hour. Whether there's blessings in that hour or whether it's a trial in that hour, every one of us has a season. The word hour means a season and a moment in time where we go through something, whether we go through rejoicing. The Bible says in that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit, whether it's an hour of us to rejoice or whether it's an hour of us to cry or whether it's an hour of us to just give thanks to God. We all have an hour to go through in our lives one time or another. We're going to be reading out of Matthew, the 12th chapter, the 29th verse. I'll be reading that one. Then we're going to Luke 12, 39. Mark 14, 34 through 38. Luke 22, 52 through 53. John 7, 30 through 32. Matthew 20, 1 through 12. And Matthew 24, 44 through 51. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for this opportunity to feed your people, my God. Lord, feed us the bread of life and give us of that living water that we will thirst no more, my God. Lord, bless this seed to fall upon good ground and bless us to bring forth a hundredfold. You said one plants and another waters, but God gives the increase. Give us the increase, my God, that we will show forth fruit on this tree, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. In the book of Matthew, the 12th chapter and the 29th verse, it says, Or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his goods? He that is not with me, is against me. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blaspheme against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him, but whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, 
or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. Now I read that passage because the, the devil came for to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But see, God, God has given us power over the devil. He has given us wisdom beyond our own understanding. He has given us joy. He has given us peace. He has given us love. He has given us compassion. He's given us things in this world to supply our every need. God has blessed us with everything that we need and the devil sees that and he wants to take it. But he can't because you are too strong in the Lord for the devil to come and conquer you. He cannot conquer you. He cannot defeat you as long as you remain in Jesus. Because the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So he can't defeat you. He wants what you have, but he cannot get it. So what he does is he has to bind the strong man of the house first. Now you are the temple of the living God. So if he binds you first, then he can take your joy. He can take everything that you got, but he has to bind you first. And the way he binds a lot of us is through trickery and lies. This looks better over here. You don't have to do this that much. You don't have to pray all the time. You don't have to read all the time. You can go over here and party a little bit over there. One drink is not going to bother you. One cigarette is okay. God understands. As long as we have temperance, it's okay. And some of us don't have that temperance. I know for a fact that when I was drinking, I didn't not have that kind of temperance. One meant a lot till I couldn't drink no more. I didn't have that control of one beer and then that was it. Because maybe one beer is not wrong. I'm not saying it is or isn't. I do know the Bible says don't be drunk. So if you do drink till you get drunk or buzzed or lightheaded, then you're in the wrong. But I didn't have that temperance. I didn't. Somebody says one beer, I need to go put a case in the car because I cannot just drink one. One was a teaser. I needed more. So when it comes to these, we got to pay attention to what the devil's trying to make us do. Because when he uses the scriptures and he tries to make us look at the scriptures in a twisted way, if we're not careful, he'll have us bound up and tied up so fast and then he comes in and takes our joy and our peace and our love and we end up so miserable because we let him tie us up with a lie. He told Eve, you're not going to surely die. For God does know that you will become like God. Who doesn't want to become like God? Who doesn't want to become like the creator, the God that they were talking face to face to? Who doesn't want to be like God? But he was lying. They were going to know good and evil like God knows good and evil, but they weren't going to have that temperance to control what's good and what's bad and to stick to the good and to refuse the evil. They didn't have that kind of power. So when he lied to her and said, you're not going to surely die, he tied her up and he stole everything that they had. They were cursed. The ground was cursed. Everything was all bad because he tied them up. But the Bible says we're going to go to Luke 12, 39. And this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the 
thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered in his house to be broken through. See, if we would just have known the hour that the devil was going to attack us, we would have been ready. We would not have just let him go into our house and take everything that we had. If the good man of the house had known the hour, if we knew that job that we get is going to separate us from God, we would have took the job. If we would have known that husband or that wife is going to hinder us from serving God, we wouldn't have got married. If we would have known that our children is going to cause us to not serve God once they grow up, we would have trained them a little bit different. If we would have known the hour that the devil was going to come into our lives, we would have done things differently. So now we can be ready always. The Bible says, be ye ready always. Think that the devil can get you and no matter what time of day or night it is, always be ready, always be on guard, always be protecting what God has given you, which is your belief, which is your faith, which is your hope, which is your peace and your joy, your love and your comfort. Always protect that because the devil only wants to steal it. Right now, when we pray, we have comfort in God. When we go through something, we have a little peace of mind that, you know, everything's going to be okay. When we fight, we know that God will not suffer no more to come upon us than we're able to bear. But don't let the devil tie you up because if he does, when you go through that same little problem, it's going to look so big that you're going to start trying to look other places to get calmed down. People end up committing suicide for a small problem because they just want the pain to stop. But God is the one that makes the pain stop. Not drugs, not alcohol, not women, not men, not fancy cars, not money, not I, you name it, it doesn't take away the pain. Only Jesus takes away the pain, only Jesus. So don't let the devil come in you and, into your life and begin to trick you and tie you up until where you start losing everything because he's not gonna give it back. He's not going to give it back. He wants to see us miserable. That's his whole goal in his whole life is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's all that he wants. He don't love you. He don't like you. He don't even care about you. He'll act like he loves you and cares and all. It's just me and you until death do us part. And once he gets you, he'll spit you right out and leave you for dead. He does not care. We can't care. Don't let him tempt us because everybody's going to have that hour. We're going to Mark 14, 34 to 38. And saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that, if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. And he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldest not thou watch one hour? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. See, Jesus, when he was going to face his hour, he was knowing what was going to happen to him. He knew that they were going to beat him beyond recognition. He knew that he would be crucified, nailed, crown of thorns on his head. He knew all of this was about to take place. That hour that he had to receive was about there. And he said, Lord, if you could take this hour away from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Sometimes our problems, they are a little bit big. They are a little hard. 
And sometimes we do want to get out of them because it is painful some hours that we have to go through. But we got to remember the Lord only does what is best. If God would have said, okay, my son, you don't have to go through this hour, neither one of us would be here today. But God didn't take the hour away from him. Some of our problems that we go through are a must. It not only helps us, but it helps everybody else. When they threw the three Hebrew boys into the burning, fiery furnace, that was their hour to test their faith, what they really believed. God didn't stop them either. They bound them. God didn't stop them. They heated the furnace seven times hotter, and God didn't stop them from doing that either. They took them to the furnace, and God still didn't do anything. But when they got in there, everything was already prepared, and the fire had no power over them. So sometimes we go through something, and it looks horrible, looks dangerous, looks bad, but don't give up because the way is already prepared for you to escape, for you to endure, for you to make it to the end. And that story has not only helped the three Hebrew boys, it has helped billions of people throughout the world knowing that if God can take power out of fire so much that it doesn't even singe a hair, what else can he do? That story has helped millions of people. The story of Daniel, he knew they were going to throw him in the lion's den and still pray three times a day. Those stories have helped millions of people and God didn't stop them from throwing them in either. The story of John the Baptist, Jesus said, out of all the men that were born from a woman, there is no greater man than John the Baptist. And not once did Jesus help him. Not once. Jesus was on the earth. John baptized Jesus. And Jesus still let him go to prison for speaking the truth. Jesus didn't stop him from going to prison. And then when John got into the prison, John said, is this the Messiah or do we look for another? And Jesus said, blessed is the one that is not offended in me, which means blessed are those people that don't give up and be offended because of the way I do things. Jesus does things the way they need to be done. And it doesn't make sense to the flesh sometimes. But if we just let God be God and we be us, and we let him do what he does, we will be okay. John the Baptist never did get out of prison. They beheaded him in the prison, and Jesus was there and didn't help because it was his hour to be beheaded. Now he's in a far better place, and he don't even remember one of these days anymore, but when we see God doesn't look like he's helping us, don't give up. It's for a reason. Don't give up because we prayed and God didn't answer or we fasted and God didn't show up or we cried out to the Lord and he acts like he can't hear. Don't give up. Faith is what we need. Faith is to believe even when we cannot see. When we can't feel the presence of God, still believe that he is listening and he is there. That's what faith is. And without faith, you can't please God. If we don't have faith, we're really nothing. Because he said, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Sometimes he's not going to let us feel his presence all the time. We're going to go to Luke 22, 52 to 53. Then Jesus said unto the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves, when I was daily with you in the temple. Ye stretched forth no hands against me, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. See, God will give the devil a space to try you. 
He will give the devil a space to test your faith. He will give the devil a space, a moment of your lifetime to see where you really stand in Christ. He will give the devil a chance to fight you. He said, Jesus said that when I was with you, because Jesus was preaching and they always tried to kill him, but they couldn't because it wasn't his hour. They picked up stones to stone him, but it wasn't his hour. They wanted to throw him off the bridge because they would get that irritated of his preachings, but it wasn't his hour. But when it was their hour to have the power of darkness, he didn't try to hide it. He didn't run. He didn't turn his face. He said, this is your hour. Go ahead and do what all you're going to do. He told Judas Iscariot, that that you're going to do, do it quickly. And the devil entered into Satan. It was his hour. It was the hour of the devil to try to do whatever he was going to do. So when God says, you know what, those are my children, you have a little space to go try them. God's not saying, go try them because I hate them. God's saying, you know what? It's time for them to spar so that they can get stronger. It's time for them to fight so that they can learn how to use what I gave them a little bit better. It's time for them to work out and do an exercise so they can reach a higher height in Christ. It's time for them to mature and grow. Go ahead and strengthen my people. That's the way I look at it. When the devil wants to fight me, that's what I look at it. Is God saying, okay, go ahead and strengthen him. You can try to fight him. That'll make him stronger. Go ahead and do something. Make him a little smarter. Make him a little wiser. So the devil comes with everything that God lets him do it with. But God will never suffer you to go through more than you can bear. If God knows you can only go through 45 minutes of trouble, he's not going to let you go 46. So what you're going through, know already God saw that I can handle this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be going through this. God already knows I can make it, so it's pointless for me to try to give up now. Because he already knows how long I can go. And it's only to strengthen us and to strengthen us and make us powerful and make us more wise in Christ. When we read the story of Adam and Eve, we all got a little wiser with that story. Don't let him trick you with the scriptures because he does know the Bible better than we do. He can quote, he quoted scriptures to Jesus and the scriptures did say what the devil said they said. He put a little twist to them, but they did say that. It did say, I will give my angels charge over thee, concerning thee, and in their hands shall they bear thee. It did say that, but it's not mean for him to just jump down. So it does say, the devil will quote the scripture, but he'll just give them a little twist, use them a little bit out of context. And if you fall for it, you, you, you can really hurt yourself by falling for it. We're going to John 7, 30-32. Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. See, it wasn't his time. They couldn't do anything. The devil could not just go to you and fight you. He can't just go and, and take what you have. He has to have permission. He cannot just go walk into your life and begin to torment you and take what you have and fight you and cast you down. He can't do that. He has to have permission. And we know this because Peter, Jesus told Peter, Simon, Simon, the devil has desired to sift you as wheat. The devil had been asking, can I have Peter? But God kept saying, no, not right now. You cannot touch him right now. And the devil was desirous, I want him, because he knew how strong 
Peter was. And if he would have got him too early, he would have won. Because Peter was still in that transition of flesh versus spirituality. Peter was still about fighting fleshly and he'll kill with the sword and he would have died for Jesus like he said, but he, Jesus was saying, you need to die for me a different kind of way. See, Peter would have fought to the death for Jesus. He was the only one when the whole band of soldiers went to get him, Peter was the only one that was ready to go. Didn't care how many people, he would have versed everybody for Jesus. But Jesus was saying, I want you to do the same thing, but spiritually, not in the flesh. So if the devil would have fought Peter then, Peter would have physically fought and lost. Because that's not what our fight is, not flesh and blood. So no matter how bad the devil wanted him, God said, no, he's not ready for that right now. You can't have it. But when Peter was ready... Then his hour came and they did throw him in prison. They did beat Peter, but he was already ready for that. He was ready to go. And then Jesus told him what kind of death he would die because Peter was ready. He was spiritually mature. So don't think that the devil can just go and take what you have. He can't. He has to have permission. So if you're going through something, he already has permission. God gave him permission because God knew it would help you and benefit you in the long run. But the hour of temptation is not only bad. There's an hour of rejoicing. There is an hour of praise. When Cornelius was praying in the ninth hour, the angel of the Lord came to him and told him, your prayers and your alms have been kept in memorial for you. And they all received the Holy Ghost. There's always an hour of rejoicing. An hour of praise, an hour to just give thanks, an hour that seems like we have not one problem in the world. There's always that hour. God never just lets us fight. He always lets us rejoice. Throughout all the Psalms, most of it says, rejoice in the Lord. We need to make those hours, when we get those hours of rejoicing, we need to take advantage of them and rejoice with everything we have. Praise the Lord always because the joy of the Lord is our strength. He's not going to let us go to battle without strength. So that's a lot of times when we have that little piece, everything's going to be okay it's because the joy of the Lord is sitting right there saying nothing can bother you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Though the hour may look bad, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. We always have an hour to praise God and always have an hour to just rejoice. And if we do, when we do face those hours of temptation, what did Jesus tell Peter? Pray that you won't enter into temptation. See, when the devil tempts us, we don't have to enter into the temptation. We don't have to give in to it. We don't have to go in there. But if we're not prayed up, if we don't have Jesus, if we don't have the power of God, every time he tempts us, we're going to enter right into it, fall right into it. Hey, the door's open. Okay. We're going to walk right in. But when we have the power of God and he opens the door and says, look at how much joy is in you, we say, ah, not today. <laughs> it looks good. It sounds amazing. But I know better than that. I'm going to stay right here. I'm not going in there because as soon as that door shuts, I'm not coming back out. And I know that feeling all too well. Don't let them shut the door behind you. It's a bad idea. We're going to Matthew 20, 1 through 12. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is in householder, who 
which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour, and saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went, in, went their way. Again he went up, out about the sixth and ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out, and found others standing idle, and said unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired, about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. See, Jesus is looking for people to be in his vineyard. But I want, don't want none of us to be discouraged. You go to church, you be in church, you fast and you pray and it's, it's like you're in God's vineyard and you're working and you're doing all that you can for God and he looks like you're not getting rewarded. But in that passage, he said that when the even was come, when you were done doing what you were supposed to do, then they got their reward. Some of us may not look like we receive our reward now, but later on we will get it. He said you will reap in due time if you faint not. But when we see somebody getting blessed, don't be start complaining, saying, I've been with God for all of my life, and they just came to know God, and they're getting the same blessing that I'm getting. We're not supposed to have that mentality. We're supposed to rejoice no matter what. Rejoice with them that rejoice and weep with them that weep. We're not supposed to be such uh, with the mentality of I deserve more than somebody else because we don't. We don't deserve forgiveness, but it's because of the grace of God why we have it. So everybody doesn't deserve forgiveness, but it's by the grace of God why we get it. We shouldn't look down on somebody and say, well, I did more than you because you don't know. Because if you did 90% of what you could have done and they did 100, they did more than you. Although you've been with God all your life, they gave him two days of 100% and you only gave 90%. They did more than you. God looks at the heart of a person and not the outward appearance. So when we see somebody walk in the church and be filled and blessed and rejoicing, we should not get upset. Well, I've been up here and doing this for 20 years and they're over there rejoicing. And where's my blessing? We shouldn't have that, that mentality. We should be happy that they got it because we know if they got it, then we're going to get ours too. Because they, ones that were last, they received theirs before the ones that were first. So if they got it, I know I'm going to get mine. And when we have that mentality, we can help each other. The church is split up so bad because they see people getting blessed and the ones that call themselves up there and leaders aren't seeming to get blessed and they begin to get jealous and want to quit. Let's not do that. Let's hold on. We see somebody get blessed, know our blessing is right around the corner if we don't faint. We see somebody just really going for it, be like them then. Go for it too. Check yourself. If they're getting blessed, they must be giving in a hundred. What am I giving? If I'm not giving a hundred, there's my lies, my problem. <laughs> they, they gave a hundred, and I'm only giving ninety. There's the problem. Let me give a hundred. 
If you don't want to give a hundred, then don't get mad because they're over there rejoicing and getting all kind of blessings that God has in store for them. Check yourself. They might give you a hundred. No, then be happy and give a hundred. This passage has got me all the time because the ones that worked one hour got the blessing first got their money first and was equal to the ones that had been there but it goes farther than that because you know what right now is the same way with us peter james john all of them were in the heat of the day they were getting stoned they were getting sawn asunder they were in caves they were in sheepskins they, they didn't have a certain dwelling place they were in the heat of the day working in the vineyard and then we come in the 11th hour it's about the end of the world now and we come in the 11th hour to praise God and we're already receiving the Holy Ghost and already receiving our blessings and we only have a very short period we're not getting stoned we're not getting sawn asunder none of that we're in the cool of the day getting the same blessing that they got the same heaven there's not multiple heavens there's only one and now we're going to complain if we see somebody get a blessing before us that just doesn't make no sense that doesn't make no sense the bible even tells us you guys haven't resisted unto blood yet and you're already feeling faint they were in the heat of the day we are in the last hours of the day we're in the sun's going down it's not even hot no more it's going to get hot in a different kind of way when they start saying mandatory this and mandatory that. But right now, it's not hot. <laughs> so we should be rejoicing that we were counted worthy to be a partaker of, the, of this ministry. And we're not even in the heat of the day and getting the same payment as they did. We should be really joyful. And when we see somebody rejoicing and being blessed, we really need to check ourselves if we start feeling some sort of way towards them. Matthew 24, 44 to 51. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you, that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken. The Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder, and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. God has given all of us a job to do. All of us have a ministry. Whether it's playing music, singing, teaching somebody, helping somebody, it doesn't matter. We all have a ministry. We all have something to do in this world. We all, we're not here just to be here. We all have a purpose. We all have a, a calling in our life to do. And when God says, okay, I'm going to go visit them and see what they're doing, what are we going to be doing in that hour when he chooses to come and see what we're doing? Will we be arguing, complaining, fussing, fighting, or will we be giving thanks and working? No matter what happens, we're going to work. When he sees us, he said, when he said in that scripture, he said, I'm going to go and give them the meat in due season. I'm going to pay them. I'm going to reward them. But when he comes, which reward are we going to get? Because both of them have a reward. One we're not going to like and the other one we will really like. But he has both of them. So when God looks down from heaven, no matter what day, time, or day or night it is or season, when he looks at us, which reward will he be happy to give us? The one that says, okay, you guys are really messing up, or the one that you guys, well done, my good and faithful servants. Which reward do we want? 
which means hold on. The devil can't do anything to you without permission. He can't steal anything from you unless you let him tie you up first. And then he has access to all your goods. They come in here right now, if somebody did, and we did fight in the flesh, I'm pretty sure it would take a lot of people to come and take what we have in this church if we physically fought somebody. There's too many men in here that would let something bad happen. But now if they tied all of us up, they could easily walk in here and take away everything that we got, easily. We can't do anything. We're tied up. Same thing in spirituality. Don't let the devil tie you up with lies. Don't let him tie you up with deceit. And then you wonder, why am I so sad? And how come I can't make it? Well, I can explain that. We got tied up. We fell for his trick. Don't do that. Let's stay strong. Stay ready. Remember, Jesus can visit us at any given moment. And when he does say, I'm going to go see what my children are doing, we really want him to find us doing his will. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar. If anybody wants prayer, just come up.
heaven provided them. Lord bless the children, keep them from the evil that it may not grieve them. for listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May He keep you. May He shine His face always upon you and may he forever keep you